Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. John Mayer song that I've never heard. Really? You've never heard this one? Actually, there have been a few of these along the way. And I like John Mayer. I mean, every time I hear a song for the first time, as I am right now, I like it. Except for that Your Body is a Wonderland song. I oh, I like love that, that song. song. Uh, so this is from the that same album. It's from his Room for Squares album. And this song, now that I'm thinking about these lyrics, and I, I was singing them out loud today as I was getting ready, and I was like, man, this song was ahead of its time. The whole song is about just experiencing the world without a camera. Mm-hmm. Not trying to capture the moment, but experiencing the moment. And that's... It's what we used to do, Beth. It's what we used to do. So the song is called 3x5, which I don't even know if that makes sense to anybody now because it's about the 3x5 photograph. Do, do we even have 3x5s anymore? I mean, does that is that a thing? If you, I know you can go to you know, Walgreens and take like a thumb drive and you can like print out photos and stuff from your phone, but I don't even know if people do that a lot. Actually, I do. <laughs> I'm that guy. I just did it. I just did it, which is funny. I'm like, does anybody do that? And I literally just did it because I bought a... Um, a magnet. My husband and I buy magnets at all of the places that we visit together. It's kind of what we do to celebrate wherever we've traveled. And we were at Chimney Rock um, several months ago, and we bought a magnet that had like a place to put a little picture. And I finally printed out the picture that we took at Chimney Rock. <laughs> but did you print it out at home, or did you take it to the store and I, have it printed I took out? it to the store because yeah. I, I, I haven't even bought photo paper or more ink for my photo printer. From My photo printer is from like 2008. Well, my photo printer, uh, I mean, you you go buy all the ink and you buy the paper and uh, you spend about a hundred bucks on ink. Yeah. And it prints one photo. You print like three photos and then you're out of ink. Uh And so it's much more cost effective to go to Walgreens Walgreens and print it out. It's exactly what I do. But um, this this sort of begs into question and not into question, but it brings to light another conversation that you and I have a lot, which is, can you imagine what your life would have been like if you had had a camera on your phone coming up the way kids do now? All these things that we think about in our head about history, if you actually had pictures of them, uh-huh. uh, if, if cameras had been around for certain things in your life when you were coming up, <laughs> that, that would not have been a good thing for a lot of people. Well, yeah, I am actually so glad that we didn't have any cameras around for those things. And the thing that I loved was you know, going on spring break in college, and then you would take your little snappy camera with you, mm-hmm. then you'd have to take that roll of film to Eckerd or <laughs> Revco mm-hmm. and get the film. You'd do the one-hour you know, Around here we say Eckerd's. Eckerd's. And then you would stand there together and flip through the photos to see if you even got the right shots. And I have a photo from, and the reason I referenced spring break, it is from spring break, my freshman year of college. We all went down to the Bahamas. And I remembered my friend, like, laying on her towel, 
um, you know, she was taking a picture of us coming out of the ocean, and I went running toward her and jumped into the air. And like, you wouldn't expect that moment to get caught. And she did catch it with her snappy camera. And when we saw it at Eckerd, when we were getting the photos deliver, or developed, I laughed so hard that I tinkled in the aisle <laughs> at Eckerd. And I miss that. Clean, up, clean not- up on aisle three. <laughs> Make it awkward in three, two, one. <laughs> but I miss I miss that experience because now you can you take a selfie and you're like, oh, that's not good. Let's take one more. Oh, that's not good. Let's take one. More. And and you you miss those kind of spontaneous moments where you got to laugh because something was overexposed or like, man, I was trying to get a picture of the whole group and look, it's just your eyeball. I miss that. Well, so the surprise of that came in the store. If you actually made it to out of the yes. store, you wanted to you wanted to open it up and check them out, and like you say, you, you would see then whether it was a good or bad picture. Now it's the reverse. If you actually go, you you pick the pictures ahead of time. There's no surprise. You know what you're getting. Yeah. But you're right. And and there was this. Uh, I can't remember what it was. You and I talked about this maybe a year ago. Um, but remember the the social media uh, platform. I don't know what happened to it or what the name of it was. But the concept of it was is that you post the picture the first time you take it. Yeah. You know, when you take it right now, you snap it. You don't say, I like that picture. I want to do it over. You just post because that's the way we used to be. Well, it's the app. What was it called? Like right now or? Is that what it is? So. I think so. It was some kind of app that you, it told you when to take the picture and you only had like two seconds to yeah. take the picture. Real life. That's what it was called. Real life. Which I don't. Like, I don't need another social media, and I don't actually like the idea of that one. Because, look, I do like the idea of, of choosing the picture that I like, but if it's but that app is, is a throwback to the way we used to have to be. Yes, and you, you didn't know if you if your arm looked fat in a photo <laughs> or if that zit or, showed up or, or even whatever. if the photo was in focus or the light yeah. was right. And there were no filters. There was nothing to make you look younger or older or thinner or had more eyeliner or eyelashes or whatever. <laughs> None of that stuff existed. You just took a photo. Sometimes you used the flash. Sometimes you forgot. Sometimes they were overexposed. Sometimes, and these were the best days, you happened to take a a photo over a photo and you'd get the picture and it'd be like this double exposure of like oh look that's my birthday party plus you know me at dinner with my family all in the aisle at Eckert's <laughs> right <laughs> that's where dreams came true or not okay so I'm I think I have the picture from my spring break on my phone so I'm gonna post it I will post it on uh I will post it on Twitter at Beth underscore Troutman and Instagram at Beth Troutman so you can see the random photo that my friend happened to catch with a snappy camera. And right now? Can you post it on right now? It's the, it's, uh, maybe. Yeah. It's the one that made me tinkle in the aisle at Eckerd. Okay. <laughs> there came the TMI part. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT on a Thursday morning, second day of March. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's 64 degrees right now. It's March 2nd. I assumed that we were going to get a big old cold snap where it was going to freeze our nostrils and instead we're just heading into July. I mean, uh, there was the alternate 1985 in Back to the Future 2. I feel like we're in the alternate 2023, and I don't know, like Back to the Future 7. I don't know. Doc, Doc Brown's going to walk by here in a second. Uh, but uh, really, I, I don't know, even know how to start conversations with you anymore, Ray Stagic, because it's like we're living in the upside down. <laughs> it, does, it does seem like that. Um, and, you know, for cold snap, if you want one, 
Sam Adams makes a great one. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's uh, right. That's saying, the only way we're going to get one. All right, Beth, 10 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I know we're going next Cold door to snap. Legion. <laughs> but, but look, uh, I, I wanted to have you on because uh, there is the possibility for some severe weather over the next 24 hours or so. And we've had rain overnight and perhaps some more rain today. Uh, but uh, And I know things have to line up correctly, so it's not a slam dunk that we're going to have severe weather. But it is possible because we do have uh, some extremes that are going to be hitting each other at some point over the next uh, few hours or, or, or at least day. Yeah, I think it's the next day, uh, day and a half. Let's take it right through tomorrow evening where we'll have a couple of rounds. Um, the front will finally get through here tomorrow night. And our highest chance, which is low, by the way, of stronger storms later tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. Not all that impressed. And right now the rain showers around the area um, kind of raking over the atmosphere. So I won't be all impressed with all the dynamics tomorrow afternoon. But we'll have the front. Um, there will be plenty of moisture and warmth around and a little bit of instability, and all that's going to come together to bring us probably later tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night from west to east. A line of showers and thunderstorms, thin line, but within that line, maybe an isolated severe storm or two as the Storm Prediction Center has us at a slight risk for severe storms. So maybe some gusty winds, potentially some small hail, very small risk of a tornado. Now, what I do want to mention is You'll see windy conditions, and I say windy tomorrow into tomorrow night, because out of thunderstorms, outside of any thunderstorms that come through, it could still be a southwest wind tomorrow, sustained 20 to 25 with gusts maybe to 40 as we go through later tomorrow and tomorrow night. So even if we don't get thunderstorms, there's still going to be some wind. I don't know if we're going to get advisory criteria wind, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, because there's wind advisories stacking up well to the west of us right now. So. I think the better opportunity for severe storms again later tomorrow afternoon and probably ruining your Friday night with at least some showers and thunderstorms. We'll see if we make it to severe criteria. Now, some crazy thunder actually woke me up at about 2 o'clock uh, this morning just here in this area. The tornadoes that have hit um, different parts of the, the Midwest, the, the things that we've seen come through Oklahoma, I, I, to me it's surprising to see um, tornadoes at the end of February, the beginning of March. Is this the same system that's bringing the severe weather to us, or is this just a, a similar pattern combining in the atmosphere? Well, usually I like to say, you know, once a pattern establishes itself, you kind of have the same thing. Now, whether that's multiple weeks or multiple months, um, I think we're more toward, you know, same pattern, different system. But, you know, yesterday the system approaching us did produce a, some severe weather and some isolated tornadoes, had some reports of damage in Alabama and there's some stronger storms moving in through north-central Mississippi and Alabama as we speak. So, you know, similar pattern, but multiple systems have rolled through. And, you know, the, this one coming as we go through the next day and a half is another storm that dumped another, what, two to four feet of snow mm. in the southern parts of California and the mountains. There are some reports that have come in over the last seven days, 10 to 15 feet of snowfall in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Wow. Feet. I mean, we're not talking about inches. We're talking about feet of snow. It's going to be great for the drought, but there's going to be another set of problems with the spring runoff with all that snowfall in the Sierra. And they've been getting pounded. And as I said, it's been the pattern. Storms in the west, pushing down through southern California, jet stream taking them across the southern tier of the U.S., up through the Ohio Valley, and west of the I-95 corridor, so we kind of get the same old, same old. A lot of times the storms have been weakening as they've approached with all these systems. 
All the severe weather has been south central U.S., Alabama, into Mississippi, parts of Texas and Louisiana, and that area of the world, even Arkansas, is in there. And we've been seeing the systems weaken as they approach. It's kind of been the trend. And then they go to the west of the Appalachians, and this is why, with all the storms, as I've said, taking kind of the same track all winter, the I-95 cities, Boston, New York City, Philly, Washington, D.C., haven't seen much snow. They had almost two inches of snow the other day in New York City, and they, let's see, double, triple, quadruple. What comes after quadruple? Anybody? Quintuple. They quintupled their <laughs> snow for the year, which was 0.4 inches times 5 equals 2. Yeah. And, and everybody's kind of like, wow, we got like two inches of snow. But as I said, I think, Beth, the very long-winded answer I gave you there is. I loved it. Um, it's, been, it's been the same pattern all winter. And I don't see too much changing in the next couple of days. But yep, I don't yep. know if anybody's took it a little peaky-peaky. Because peaky uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. I look a week out. and if You, you took a peaky-peaky, a weeky-weeky uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's weird how much joy that we, we derive from saying quintuple at the same time a few minutes ago. But, but anyway, if you go a week out, then uh, maybe maybe the temperature change that people are, some people, myself, are yearning for may finally come. Yeah, it does look like uh, we'll see some cooler weather maybe bringing us back to normal. This is another point. I actually have it underlined like three times here um, that I wanted to make. Maybe back to normal or slightly below normal. With all this warmth. February was 8.2 degrees above average. Hmm. January was 6.6 degrees above average. When we get back to average, the normal high is 60 this time of year. But what do you think the normal low is? Uh, 38. Cheater. No, I, is that right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, uh, look at us. We're on top of it today. I knew what quintuple was. I know what the uh, average low is. Come on. Come on. This boy is about as sharp as a bowling ball today. He got it. 38 degrees. So when we get to 38 and we have some lows, which could get into the upper 30s this weekend, everyone's like, oh, it's so cold. It's so cold. No, that's normal. Um, Mid-month, maybe a colder blast coming down. If I go out in fantasy land, which I like to call the American model, longer range, <laughs> right around the 13th or 14th, um, you know, precipitation and some colder air is all I'll say for now. But if we talk next week at that time or even tomorrow at this time, um, that'll probably be gone. But it is trending. And the 30-day outlook for the month of March is for at or below average temperatures for most of the eastern U.S. All right. Uh, we got to go. Thanks for the info, okay. Ray. As always, have a great weekend, or if, if not, uh, just at least day, because we may talk tomorrow. We'll yeah, see. we might have to call you again. Thanks, Ray. Okay. Bye. All right. I love <laughs> okay. that guy. Okay. Bye. It's like, did you take a peaky-peaky at <laughs> 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 next weeky? <laughs> yes, because that's, that's what I do. Bunch hearing this story about uh well one apple in particular at north lake mall the apple store there is closing down and uh look malls are it depends on where the mall is i mean south park mall is is still thriving these days even though south park mall looks nothing like it did when you and i were kids oh at all 
Uh, Eastland Mall is gone, and uh, the other malls in the area are sort of hit or miss. I mean, Concord Mills uh, is the biggest one around. That's always sort of been the draw of Concord Mills, right? Yeah, and for a while there, it was the number one tourist attraction in the state of North Carolina. But I think that one has since kind of dwindled as far as how often and how you know how much people visit. Well, and Concord Mills has had issues as well with uh, unruly uh, people. Uh, you know, there have been some problems with kids there uh they've had some 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 moments but but north lake obviously is the one that you hear most often in the headlines these days and if you're just getting up this morning the apple store at north lake mall is closing permanently uh, they released uh, this news yesterday. After three shootings in 75 days, uh, Apple is going to close that location at North Lake Mall. And, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that the Apple store there is probably uh, the biggest draw at the mall, wouldn't you say? It's definitely, for for me at least, you know, because I live up north of North Lake Mall. And, and oddly, North Lake Mall is the newest mall that's in this area. Do you remember it being built in the, the early 2000s? And I we thought how great that this whole north section of town is going to get its own mall with the Macy's. And they had, you know, I think it, they had a, a Borders Books at one point. And then the Apple Store was the thing that I was excited to be able to go in and visit the Genius Bar whenever something was wrong with my um, with my iPhone. And now because they're closing and they've already closed, mm-hmm. like they said, they announced it and they're done. They said they're going to do it on Wednesday and they're done today and they're transferring all of the um, – the employees from that Apple store to work at the Apple store at South Park. And apparently they had just recently renewed their lease. Yes. So this is an abrupt decision. Uh, and, and again, if you're connecting all the dots of what's happened there in, in recent days and weeks, uh, the violence and the, the, the issues they've had, uh, you can connect the dots as to why this is happening. Uh, this is not something that uh, apparently was planned for a long time. No. It's something that has been forced into happening, or at least uh, they've made this decision based on what's happened in recent days. If you look at the occupancy rate now for North Lake Mall, uh, it's 73 percent. Uh, and and uh, 14% of that uh, is, is temporary, um, 52, 59%, nearly 60% is permanent. But um, this is, this is going to be interesting because, you know, I was up there not too long ago. They had a Dick's Sporting Goods yeah. that closed down there. Yep. Uh, if you walk around that mall, it's starting, I'm not saying it's there yet, but you're starting to feel a little bit the way you felt about, about Eastland Mall. At least you would walk through Eastland Mall, uh, what, you know, the last five years and it was in existence and you'd start to see things that were shuttered and you see things that uh-huh. were closed down and the writing seemed to be on the wall. But again, this is, you know, that, that's in East Charlotte. There are a lot of things around that mall out there that are having trouble or, or are having trouble at the same time. North Lake Mall is in a place where the stuff around it seems to be doing just fine. Yeah, there's a Panera Bread there that does well. Uh, you and I have had meetings at that Panera Bread there in North Lake. There's a PFJ. And look what that led to. And look what it led to. Here we are. <laughs> Uh, so there are restaurants and chains and, and um, you know, there's an REI over there and mm-hmm. a big Target over there. There's a <laughs> you can tell that I shop in this area. There's like a Broadway shoe warehouse in that area that people frequent. But it makes you wonder because that mall was kind of the anchor that brought in all of those things. I, I feel the same feeling in that parking lot, in that area that I felt like you were just saying when we started seeing the dwindling days of Eastland Mall. And this is why we can't have nice things. You you put them all up, and if people start misbehaving and start shoplifting and start having violent behavior and injuring people and people get scared to go and shop at those spaces, 
this is what happens. This is people, they can't stay in business. And malls were having trouble to begin with because online shopping has made it so darn easy to not walk into a big department store. But I was, I'm of the thought that I like to frequent malls and touch the clothes and say hello to the sales clerks. Shocking, I know. But to have that experience of being able to kind of go around and be part of something and and all of that is going away this is why we can't have nice things if you can't behave we can't have nice things well and and there's a story out of uh out of california uh that was in my stack of stuff to possibly bring up but i never we never got to it but there are a couple of malls they're trying to repurpose uh in 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 california on the west coast where they're actually uh and this is not that far-fetched a thing uh to make malls also double as uh condos and apartments yeah now if you look at south park south park uh, has has condos and apartments in many cases above around, the yeah. retail and it's almost gotten to the point where it sort of envelops the mall now not in the physical what we would call mall proper but only around the parking lot yeah well burkdale i mean yeah. think about burkdale it's an outdoor mall the second level it's all condos it's all apartments wbt where business talks presented by ram pavement you know one of these days we're going to reverse things we're going to re- re- let you hear what what happens when the mics are off versus on (laughs) it would blow your mind oh people would be highly entertained i don't mean like in a bad way necessarily i mean there's sometimes where there's some some salty language salty but then sometimes it's just sound effects (laughs) (laughs) from one particular person who has the best sound effects on the planet eight minutes in front of seven o'clock here on wbt let's uh, roll back to the market close on your wednesday stocks starting the month mixed on rate hike worries the dow finishing in the green but barely the s p lower by 18 points the nasdaq off by 76. investors focused on rate hike worries and higher bond yields two-year treasury yields hit 4.9 percent that's the highest in 16 years big tech and growth stocks reacted by moving lower Meanwhile, U.S. manufacturing activity contracted for the fourth month in February. In New York, Jerry Willis, Fox News. News Talk 1110 WBT, checking uh, the pre-markets this morning, if I can call the numbers up on my screen here, and they just don't want to. So we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to those pre-market numbers. We We, can find them. We will. In fact, uh, I just now got them up on my screen. And now they're gone. Oh, so, fun. You sorry. need to recharge your phone. I don't know what's going on with me. I do know this. Uh, and this is a, this is actually yesterday we were talking about Wendy's and the chili. That's they're canning go. their chili, folks. If Wendy's, you if you like chili, the chili from Wendy's, it's going to hit grocery store shelves in the coming months. I would buy that. Like I said yesterday, I, I would buy that. I wouldn't buy everything in that category, but I'd buy the chili. I'd try it for sure because I do like Wendy's chili. And now AMC is branding their own popcorn to debut at Walmart on Oscar weekend. The CEO is saying uh, the authentic taste of real movie theater popcorn at home. Uh, and so AMC, or- Orville Redenbacher has like the, uh, do they have a, a movie flavor? They do. Uh, uh, a flavor that's supposed to be movie theater, but this is actually from the theater itself, AMC. I, I will. I have had the the, the Redenbacher, the, the other versions of movie-style popcorn, and nothing that you make at home ever tastes like that bag of popcorn that you get fresh and hot right as you go into the movie theater, and then you squirt that just butter yeah. that's not really butter mm. just all over the top of it, and they have all the shakers of the salt and stuff. 
that you can add to it. And then you just walk in with your hands full and your hands are so full that you can't pull the popcorn out with your hands because you're also holding your drink. So you just stick your tongue into the bag <laughs> and it, each kernel just sticks to your tongue. Yep. Does anybody else do this? Yes. It's uh, worth the 15 bucks. That's right. <laughs> it is 15 bucks. But if there is something that I could buy at the grocery store that made me feel that much joy and that tasted like that, I would purchase it. I, I will buy this and try it. I'm skeptical about whether or not it can completely recreate that in the theater popcorn crunch, smell, taste, feel, saltiness, butter goopiness. But I'll try. I'll give it. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go on Oscar weekend. Well, this is one of the things that AMC is trying to do, quite honestly, to stay afloat. Uh, the movie industry, movie theater business, uh, took a hard hit during COVID, and they're still on the way back. A lot of the uh, operators would tell you in a much better place than they were a year ago. But uh, trying to stay relevant in an age where a lot of people can go and and watch a movie in HD and a pretty darn big screen in their own living room. Yep. So there's competition that didn't exist, you know, 15 years ago. So this is another way that AMC, for example, is trying to uh, diversify and offer products. And, you know, the, you know, offer food products, popcorn. So we'll see if it, I mean, it's four, let's see here, four ninety eight for a six-pack, yes. ready-to-eat bags, start at three ninety eight each. And like I said, this is going to coincide with Oscar weekend. There's no way that the ready-to-eat bags could taste as good as the hot popcorn fresh out of the popper. But I will give the four ninety eight for a six-pack a try that you put in your uh, microwave because that will come out hot. And if it's got the flavor, I'm in. And that is far more affordable than, as John Moore said, the $15 bo- <laughs> bag of popcorn that you get. But you do get free refills. And you're paying for atmosphere. It's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah and like, you get to stick your tongue onto yeah. the, the kernels. Well, let's be honest. Uh, $3.98, $4.98 is a bargain compared to how much you have to pay when you're at the theater. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's highly affordable in comparison to everything else. And speaking of yummy snacks that are coming to a store near you, I want to talk about this little snack because, Bo, you know, anytime a snack comes up, I'm ready to, to give it a try. You know Jenny's ice cream? Y'all want some Thin Mints? Everybody. Mm. You forgot to put them in the freezer. I know. Well, we're on the air for a while, Beth. <laughs> Go put them in the freezer, though. Um, Jenny's ice cream, which is a hugely popular ice cream for fans of Ted Lasso, which, again, I'm a huge fan of that show as well because it's pure joy on the screen. They are making a flavor in honor of the new season of Ted Lasso, and it's called Biscuits with the Boss. You know those, you know, if you watch the show, you know the story about him making the homemade cookies they call them biscuits in the UK, for his boss. And she is trying to figure out what bakery they come from because they're so delicious. Turns out Ted Lasso is baking them himself. If I can actually taste what that tastes like while I'm watching Ted Lasso, I am in. I am here for this snack. And I'm not even a big ice cream eater, but it's supposed to be a shortbread cookie ice cream. You're not an ice cream eater? Not really. Not really. Oh. I'm, a, I'm not a sweets person. I will eat ice cream, and I only crave ice cream when it's cold outside. I know Beth that's Troutman bizarre. is like radio ice cream. <laughs> I mean, really. I would, I would think you would love ice cream. No, I'm not a sweets person. I And I love to bake. I love to make cookies. I love to make cakes, but I don't really like to eat sweets. Ice cream, I am good for, you get a little tiny pint of ice cream, it will last in my freezer. If I'm the only one eating it, it will last in my freezer for a while, but... This is how when my husband and I first got married and moved in together, I would keep a little chocolate ice cream in the freezer for after dinner. I would take like a spoonful. That pint would last me forever. And we had we had been living together for a little bit. That pint of ice cream 
was gone when I went to it. I was like, where in the heck is my ice cream? And that was how I learned that he was going to eat all my snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'll have the chili. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Talk 1110 WBT, Bo and Beth rolling on a Thursday. Cheating. Now, when I say the word cheating, that can mean a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to focus in on for the purposes of the now is cheating in school. Mm. Now, when I say that phrase, you may think about your kids in school right now. You may think about what happened back in the day when you were in school. Mm -hmm. I want to start there. Because you and I are about the same age, and we uh, grew up in the same uh, area. Sometimes mm -hmm. we think we uh, must have seen each other <laughs> at various places. We totally hung out <laughs> at Carowinds and Eastland Mall. I know we did. But uh, no cheating at uh, Carowinds. No. I no. mean, maybe you cut in line a couple times. But we played by the rules and, you know, the best we could. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about school. And as you listen here on WBT, I want you to think about what, what life was like when you were in school. Yeah. Did you know people who cheated? I'm not asking for names. I'm just think to yourself. Do you know classmates that you knew cheated? Here, the first time, here's a story. I I, I went to a, a private elementary school, and then fifth grade was my first um, introduction into public elementary school. I went to Coltrane Webb Elementary School, and we were taking a, a history test, and our teacher let us take an open book test, mm -hmm. and first of all, I thought I felt like that was cheating. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> I can look up the answers. But then I was devastated that people failed it, that people failed the open book test, that they didn't know where to go to find the answers or didn't take the time or that didn't have the energy. And pause for a second. But I remember the first time I took an open book test. And I remember thinking, what does that even mean? Like an open book test. What is that? You're testing to see if, uh, if somebody can find the right page in the book? Right. Well, You're... and some people couldn't. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> but I just remember, I remember the first time that we had an open book test, and it was somewhere in elementary school. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is weird. Didn't it feel like cheating? Like, it's like, here, I'm going to test you on what you know. How much do you know about what you've studied in that book? Oh, here's the book. Right. Here's the book. Huh? It's basically testing, do you have a photographic memory? Can you remember which page this item was on? But anyway, so back to the, the story. So it was an open book test, and you were in school. And, 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 and I felt like it was, like, cheating. But it, when I think into high school and the, the AP classes and stuff that I was taking, I don't remember people cheating. I don't remember people getting called out for cheating. But we had a really good graduating class. But I know that people must have been doing it. People must have written their their answers on their hands. You remember they had the Scantron test mm -hmm. when we were kids that you 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 had to have your number two pencil and you had to color that circle in. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a, a teacher that it was a poli sci class. It was called EPL, Economics and Political Law. And if you didn't do well on the test or even do as well as you wanted, he would let you retake the test. But it was the same test. So all you had to do was look at the Scantron. And if you had a good memory, you could remember that it was A, B, B, A, C, A, B, B, A, and you could just go in and fill in the right letters. And I felt like that was cheating. I know people or I knew people coming up all the way through school who uh, were prone to copying other, other papers. Uh, they, they would ask friends if they could copy the homework. Um, they would 
uh, you know, write things on their hand. Yeah. I mean, this is how Put it used to happen. calculators. Yeah, yeah. And this is how it used to happen. I'm building all of this towards a bigger question mm-hmm. for where we are in 2023. There's a, an article at freepress.com. Uh, it's actually more of an of a editorial written by uh, a woman named Susie Weiss. But the title of the article is Dishonor Code. What happens when cheating becomes the norm? Students say they're getting screwed over for sticking to the rules. Professors say students are acting like tyrants. Then came chat GPT, which we talked about with Teresa Payton a few weeks ago. And you delve further into this article and you start talking about, and when, when we really think about it, we talk about this a lot on the show, about how technology has changed things from the way it was when we were coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about how just about everything is digital now. I mean, students have backpacks, but not loaded down with the stuff that you used to have, because a lot of times you go home and you upload uh, your, your work to the portal. Right. right. Or you don't even go home. You're home when you take the class because you're taking it via Zoom. So let me read you a bit more of this, okay? Uh, For decades, campus standards have been plummeting. The hallowed ivy-draped buildings, the stately quads, the timeless Latin mottos, all that tradition and honor have been slipping away. That's an old story. Then COVID struck and all bets were off. With college kids doing college from their bedrooms and smartphones and with the explosion of new technology, cheating became not just easy but practically unavoidable. Cheating is rampant, a Princeton senior told me. Since COVID, there's been an increasing trend towards great inflation, cheating, and ultimately academic mediocrity. Goes on to say here that now that students are back on campus, colleges are having a hard time putting the genie back in the bottle. Remote testing combined with an array of tech tools, exam helpers uh, like Chegg, I've never heard of that, Course Hero, Quizlet, Uh, messaging apps like GroupMe and WhatsApp, Dropbox folders containing course material from years past, and most recently, ChatGPT, the AI that can write essays. All of this has permanently transformed the student experience. See, this makes me sad, and this gets into the title of the article, The Dishonor Code. When I was in college, we had to sign an honor code. Basically, we were were saying, on my word, I uphold a certain standard. I am not going to cheat. I am not going to plagiarize. And... In this case, one of the art, one of the moments that she cites is during COVID, they would have professors would say, "Okay, you have 90 minutes to take this quiz," mm-hmm. and then would basically rely on the honor code that the students were actually doing that, and that's not what was happening. Students were looking up answers; they were taking hours on end. I don't feel okay about this because you're going against your own integrity. But is it true? Can you not put the genie back in the bottle? I'd love to hear from some teachers. Yes. And I'm not asking you to tell me where you teach or, or, or your name or anything like that. Uh, you can make up a name. You can talk. And, and maybe you don't teach anymore, but you used to. Maybe you got out of it because of what we're talking about. I can't imagine being a teacher in 2023 with smartphones and social media and all of this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. cheating is cheating. But back in the day, you know, it was it much was, harder. It was confined to the ways that you'd be able to do it. Right. Now, I didn't do it, but I know people who did. I think all of us know that person, right? Unfortunately, yeah. you know that person or two mm-hmm. that did. And it all comes back in the end. That's what I would always say to my kids. You know, people are going to cheat, but someday you're going to have to uh, face the music on what you really do know and don't know. Yes. And what does this mean for our future leaders if they're making it through higher education without being high, highly educated? 704-570-1110 if you want to weigh on this, if you're a teacher or you're a student or you're a parent. WPT. Maybe next time I'll think before he 
that's not fair. That's not really this. It's not the same thing at all, and it makes the guys sound like they're. Uh, so we're talking about <laughs> cheating, and I was looking for something that said cheat. So uh, there you go. Thank you, Carrie Underwood. Well but we're, we're talking about cheating in school. Mm. And this article uh, that we were talking about from the freepress.com that basically says that cheating is so rampant now um, with all the technology and and all of the ways that it can happen that there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle. And this makes me really sad. I didn't realize until I read this article how many options are out there for cheating, that students are uploading exams from past semesters and that there are places that you can literally search for the answers for specific exams, but then beyond that, just Googling an answer. We couldn't do that. I'd have to walk all the way to the library. I'd never get a test done in time. Yeah, back in our day, you had to work to cheat. <laughs> wait, wait, to... <laughs> wait, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> no, I, no, I, look, look, we can both say here, you and me, we were not cheaters Not in cheaters, no. Um, I don't think anybody is surprised by that. But I, I certainly knew people who did. And, and, and when you're in high school, I mean, look, uh, if it's egregious, egregious, then I think there's the onus on you to say something uh, as best you can. Yeah, but say you something, al- say something. But you also don't, look, kids don't want to be squealers. Tattles. You don't yeah. want to tattle on people. I, I know what it's like to grow up because I did, and you did, and everybody listening did or is. Uh, and we're talking to you as you listen, 704-570-1110. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, your experience as a parent? How about being a teacher? How about being a student? It's all open. We have Carol, who's a nursing instructor. And I mentioned uh, chat GPT earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact now that AI is figuring into the mix. Teresa was talking about this a few weeks ago. And uh, the, the AI part of it is just mind-blowing. It's freaking me out. But, uh, Carol, welcome to Good Morning BT. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes, I'm absolutely uh, terrified of this, and I'm fascinated at the same time. Um, I think that as educators um, in higher education, we are going to have to be very resourceful and come up with some ways to make sure our students are learning. Um, I mean, I think about every day when I go to work with my students, I am educating the next generation of the most trusted profession. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are tapping into uh, the first thing I thought of, or one of the things I thought of when I read this, uh, cheating in your profession in the medical industry. So what happens if somebody cheats their way all the way through high school and college and pre-med and then becomes a doctor and all of a sudden uh, you're on the operating table and you've got somebody who didn't really do the work? That's terrifying. I, um, I'm thankful that we have a, a standardized a board um, that we have to pass as nurses in order to practice. I think most, uh, well, most of the medical professions do, um, and there's no way to cheat on that. Um, we're more concerned about, you know, papers, writing papers, presentations, and some of the software that we've traditionally used to scrub for plagiarism. Um, it's kind of an arms race now, like who can get ahead of whom. Um, you've got uh, Turn It In, which is a, um, you know, they, it'll scrub the paper and see if it's got plagiarism in it. And they're trying to be able to see, hey, can we catch if there's any, you know, bot-generated text in here. Um, but it's like I said, at the same time, I think there's many ways that we can use this for good. I think there's, uh, you know, ways that we can use this to advance um, nursing and advance the, the 
practice of nursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just we worry that come up with this. I just worry that people, you know, practice makes perfect, and especially in a profession like yours. And I worry about the lack of practice. If you have you know, people who are using chatbots and things to generate work, you're not getting. You have to fail sometimes in order to learn, or and, or to fake that you actually did the work, right. that you did practice. Right. I mean, I know there's a board, and I know there are ways to uh, guard against what I'm talking about, uh, Carol. But also, I mean, uh, there are. I, I want whoever is working on me to have done every possible thing they can do and not just say they did part of it. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's right. it really it, it has a lot of layers to this. Yeah, uh, Carol, Carol, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start this call. and We may have to finish it after the break, but I have to go to Kevin now, who is a school principal who wants to talk about cheating. And I said a few minutes ago, give me uh, teachers, parents, students, but I didn't say principals, but now we got one. Kevin, welcome to WBT. Oh, thank you very much. Hi. How are you guys? Thank you. Um, One of the things that you you see in education is, you know, we all push technology because technology was what was going to make our kids global, very competitive globally. Mm -hmm. But one of the things when you do that, it went to an extreme. When kids are in school, the, the teachers can monitor what's going on in the classroom. The problem is when they leave because kids are so advanced in technology that when they leave school they can get anything and access to anything and of course we can only monitor the kids in the school not outside the school mm-hmm. it's it's hard to actually understand it but we really need to go back to where there's a lot more balance we really need to go back to where there's more paper and pencil yes more, right and so, okay, thanks, Beth, for agreeing. Cause I, <laughs> I, agree. I did it passionately, didn't I? <laughs> I, I agree. Hang on, uh, Kevin, let me try it. Yes! <laughs> okay. okay, that's a little bit better, but not much. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm with you, man. But Trust me, I'm with you. I'm yeah. a pen and paper gal, and I, I'm, I'm sad for students that they're not utilizing it. Well, we are. See, that's a, I think it's a little misconception. We, we do have a little bit of, and let's just take, say, a math class. You, you can push math with certain programs, but in the end, some teachers have to use that computer as a tool to supplement uh, the content. Mm-hmm. So there are times where these teachers, whether it's my school or any school, can close that com- you know, computer, get a sheet out, mm-hmm. work it like we used to do, and have a list of problems. So we have to get back to that as a natural flow. We can't just all of a sudden close the computers and say, here's what we're doing because I think it's important to go back to, I guess like everything in life, to balance. And it's really driven mm-hmm. by administrators and teachers in the classroom where you can achieve a balance in there, but we now have to push it. We now have to market it to where, look, it's important for our kids to actually have paper and important to work worksheets. Kevin, I think we went... Kevin, the bell is about to ring. I'm sorry. I know you have to get to class as well. I appreciate you calling so much, and uh, we'll we'll continue this conversation because the lines, surprise, surprise, are jammed. Good morning, BT. All right, back to the phones at 704-570-1110. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, we're talking about cheating in school in 2023 and uh, how sophisticated it's gotten, actually, Mm. all the ways that uh, it can be done, and I can't imagine being a teacher 
Um, I, I can't imagine being a parent. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have kids who have grown up in this, and you hear things about what goes on uh, with with friends of theirs and stuff. They, and social media. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, you don't have to have a kid in school. You don't have to be a parent to realize that the way technology has grown, um, things like cheating, unfortunately, ways to do it. The, the 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 ways have gotten sophisticated. It's gotten easier and easier, and I had no idea how many ways there were to cheat. So Mike, of course, wants to defend the cheaters. Mike, line two. What's up, Mike? Welcome to WBT. Thanks. Good morning. I'm thankful for both of y'all. Oh, thank you. All right. Any, anyway, one of the uh, – my disclaimer is I'm not a STEM person, but the most valuable thing I learned in school, high school and college – wasn't the actual data, the facts, but it was how to find the answer I was looking for was the critical thinking skill. And and aren't these kids just figuring out a way to find the answer uh, in a critical way that we should be kind of looking at differently? All right, Mike. You know what? I had not thought of that, but you're right, because in life, it's not like once they get out of school, if someone asks them a question in any job that they're in, that they're not going to be able to go look that answer up. (laughs) They will be able to, unless maybe they're a surgeon and they're in the middle of, you know, cutting open your gut. That that's when I kind of want them to know the answer. (laughs) But that's what those board examinations are are there uh, for. Good point. I mean, it's the same thing the nurse instructor um, said, that, that there are boards for that very reason. Well, and we yeah, talked to we talked to Teresa about, uh, you know, th- there are are people, you know, th- th- is, 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 what am I trying to say here? She talks about hackers yeah. and somehow hackers can work for the good yeah. because hackers can actually uh, try to defeat other hackers. Right. They can so figure out how to hack. I see where Mike is coming from here uh, to a degree, but then by the same token, uh, if you're cheating uh, in order to say if you're cheating on an assignment and uh, then in the end you have a higher grade point average than the person who didn't cheat, that's an issue. Uh, he's talking about uh, if, if you cheat in school, then perhaps there are some things, some problem solving skills that you acquire along the way that may help you in life. And so th- that's all true. I get that. And, Mike, we got to move on and bring some other people into this. But uh, I get where he's coming from about critical thinking and figuring out where to find the answer. But I'm with you on it being unfair fair to those who are following the rules. Gabe, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT with Bo and Beth. What's going on, Gabe? Good morning, Bo and Beth. Thank you so much for all that you guys do. I hear you every morning. My brother and I, we listen to you when we go to school. So thank you for all you do. Thank you. Gabe, thank you. But, um, yeah, so I'm a student at school. I actually just got to school, funny enough. But um, at our school, we have an honor code, uh, and we follow that pretty strictly. And to cheat here is pretty hard most of our assignments are on paper um and even then even with essays we have something i don't know if you ever heard of it but it's called turnitin.com but oh, it's I've never a heard of that. Uh, paper or like when you turn in like papers online oh, okay. and it's check for plagiarism so you can't really <gasps> cheat that way oh so it's like kind of ai that scans everybody's papers to see if that paragraph exists somewhere else correct it does exactly that oh wow it will sometimes kind of funny if you submitted previous papers with your name in them, it'll scan your name because it thinks you're plagiarizing your own name. Oh, say okay, so here's where I like technology. Now, that's pretty cool. Do you feel like you're benefiting because you are at a school that really promotes this honor code in ways that maybe some other schools don't? Uh, yes, I would say so because you learn how to you know, follow it for going into the real world. You build integrity. 
and it also forces you to, to not take the easy route. You have to take the, you know, the road that you're supposed to take, especially for papers. Um, I think it makes you a more thorough writer, and it makes you uh, better prepared. So, Gabe, you sound like you're multitasking. Are you, are you walking to class? I am actually. I'm walking with my brother to class. Wow, that that how meta is that? That's like <laughs> yeah, the perfect caller, Gabe. Uh, thank you, man. We appreciate you listening and for being out there. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I feel like Gabe's going to be president of the United States. Did you? Like, I just I, I see it already. I vote for Gabe. And when he's president, they'll ask him what radio show did you listen to when you were coming up, <laughs> and you know what he'll say. He'll say. WPT, I hope. <laughs> exactly. say, that bath and bow in the morning. <laughs> we made him smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because we know Mark Garrison. <laughs>Talk 1110 WBT crossing the streams on a Thursday morning. Bo and Beth here. We have people holding the line at 704-570-1110. We will get to you, I promise. But we're talking, have been talking about uh, the sophistication in 2023 of cheating in school. And uh, Winterbull, uh, you, you're a little bit older than, than Beth and me, but you have kids. Uh, I have kids. Uh, this this is all over the map. I mean, I, we've talked to teachers. We've talked mm-hmm. to a principal. We talked mm-hmm. to uh, a student who was walking into school a few minutes ago. Um, but I'm curious where you come in down on this. There's, a, there's an article from FreePress.com that's written by a woman who's – who's basically uh, lamenting the fact that here in 2023, uh, it, it's it's easier a, and than ever to to cheat in uh, the many ways that technology allows. And colleges and, and campuses are having trouble putting the genie back in the bottle, especially coming off of remote learning where uh, students had to learn how to do that from home. And while on one hand that uh, made school possible, it also made, uh, made certain cheating possible mm-hmm. or more possible. But where do you come down on this? I mean, look, uh, integrity is foundational to our society. You're supposed to not be cheating. You're not supposed to steal or do any of those sorts of things. But uh, this is is always going to be running behind, right? Because this is like uh, cops uh, trying to uncover uh, a new way of committing a crime or or anything like that. So you're always going to be on the defensive end of it. Uh, I, I, I... I have been lucky enough that uh, I I, ne- I really never engaged in cheating. I was always afraid I was going to be the guy that got caught. Yes, um, we were rule followers in school. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, that's that's really where I come down. My kids haven't, uh, as far as I know, uh, my right. kids haven't uh, haven't run afoul of that. I mean, I haven't gotten a phone call about cheating um, or anything like that. So, uh, you know, I, my wife's a teacher. Uh, you know, she she polices pretty effectively in her room, but you, you're not going to stop all of it. And now with chat GPT and, and all these other new technologies, it, this is going to get this is going to be difficult. It's going to get hairy. This is you. You hit the nail on the head with the idea of integrity. If we are if, if, if young people now are just going at the the cheating idea because it is so easy to find right. Right. answers to create papers using chat GPT, it, Here's my biggest question. What kind of people and leaders do they become in business, in politics, in life, in the world, in their neighborhoods if this is – if, 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 if this isn't the basic foundation, if, if, if integrity wow. is not the basic foundation. They become politicians, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> most, most of them do. Uh, but, but, you know, here's, here's the thing. I think the only way you could incentivize, you have to com- have a competing market. So what I would say is this. I'd say, okay, the start of the school year, okay, everybody's on track to get a $1,000 bonus at the end of the year. 
uh, for all the kids, right? And then you say, but if you get caught cheating, we're going. You're not going to get a thousand dollars. You have to I pay a thousand, or or something else. <laughs> you're not going to be eligible for next year's thousand, or you're going to whatever. You owe us money or something like that. I believe in incentives and also inducements, but I also believe in punishments too. So, I, you know, I, I just I think you have to just kind of figure out a way to compete with these people and 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 send the message that you know what. If you cheat and you get caught, it's going to really cost you while all your other friends are flying to Cabo. Mm. Well, look. I, in the sixth grade. <laughs> in the sixth grade. Wow. What school is that? <laughs> the hardest professor I had in all my years of college was my freshman year. He taught world history. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about this, uh, I thought it was a ludicrous thing to do at the time. But now in light of all this, I, it almost is, it was it was way ahead of its time. He, the, he was a really, really hard professor, and, and he had notoriously— um, savage pop quizzes and and there was his tests were really hard and this is yep. back when you know when you were you were you were you were writing with a pencil not to uploading it on a portal however i remember that over half your grade at the end of the of the semester was a 15 minute oral test Ooh, I like in, his, in, in his yes. office in his yes. office and i remember thinking that's yes. like so much writing like on 15 minutes of an oral test I like but that. then how do you beat that right like if you're you trying can. to combat this that's one way that that's you, a great you know, idea. ask that's questions, a great, defend your argument, make right or, or, or say, listen, we're going to make this a comprehensive test at the end of this of the year. Uh, and, and it's going to be like you just said, you know, an oral exam like that uh, or you or you uh, you have to, you know, summarize all the aspects that we've talked about uh, in an essay. Uh, or one of those blue books or whatever it is, because I, I think you have to strip the technology out of the room and go back to, you know, the days of Plato and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, it was a lot easier to bust people if you were Plato or Aristotle, because, you know, you start trying to carry in a marble uh, thing that you've carved the answers into, that's going to get spotted. <laughs> I had a professor that made us, We the Socratic method was the entire class, and we were only ever graded on any oral argument that we had in class. Like we didn't that. have written tests, yep. nothing. Every day we were graded on our oral arguments. That's awesome. See, that's the way you got to do it, because uh, you got you to... Gotta, the, the oral argument is the way to go because it really proves that you have mastery uh, and, and you can you can think on your feet. And, and that's really that's that's how you have proof of education. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a great radio career out of it. Right. You, yes, the only absolutely. skill I have is talking. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what's uh, what's coming up on the Brett Winterbull show today? So you got uh, Tony Blinken is uh, meeting with uh, Sergey Lavrov as we speak. Uh, they're, they're trying to work on that Paul Whelan uh, uh, trade. Uh, so we're going to see. What ends up happening there? And then, of course, uh, we will track um, all the big stories, including DWI deaths are increasing. And the Charlotte City Council is questioned about the grant funding to stop DWIs. So we'll, we'll take a look at all this. Brett Winterbull starting at 3 and, of course, Crossing the Streams, presented by Window Nation. Upgrade your windows today at windownation.com. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, buddy. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. WBT. Come on. 
All right, the lines are loaded, 704-570-1110. We're talking about cheating in 2023, mm. all the sophisticated ways that people can do it. Not condoning it, but we're talking about uh, the situation that we're in with students, with teachers, with principals, and everybody has called. Uh, Joanna's been waiting on line one for a long time. Joanna, welcome to Good Morning BT. Well, thank you for taking my call. So, first of all, we, as we all have said, technology has taken over. But unfortunately, our methods of instruction have not kept up with that. And so I can hardly blame the kids who cheat because that's what they've grown up with. They've grown up with technology. So if you're instructing with pen and paper and in-class learning, I don't blame them. I really don't. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I don't blame them for doing that. I also agree with the gentleman who said it develops critical thinking skills. Um, you know, maybe that's something that needs to be put into the education system is how do you find the answer to this quickly? And the other thing is we don't learn. Typically people throughout their lives don't gain expertise through in-class learning, a very small percentage. Mm -hmm. What they do gain expertise from is being actually doing it, actually, you know, being, being uh, in, a, in a place or a position to have to do whatever the classroom is teaching. So yeah. they learn by doing. The other thing is they, they learn by mistakes, unfortunately. I don't think that's good for a doctor necessarily, but... It, I agree. Like you learn some of the best lessons from failing, and you know, you know, maybe if there was a way to 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 test kids and, and cite you know their work on how, where they find all of the information that they are getting for their their papers, but you know, you make a point that there are a lot of people who they didn't necessarily cheat going through school. I know that I might have been one of these people. I learned how to work the system. You know, and I didn't necessarily right. learn as much as I could have, but I learned how to make the system work for me. And I think that's that's totally acceptable. Yeah, and it kind of feels like cheating now. <laughs> it feels like cheating now because I could know way more. <laughs> Joanna, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Cecil, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hey, Bo and Beth. Good morning. Good morning. I love your show. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you. This is a bit out of scope probably. Uh, I'm going to take us back a few years. I went to uh, school, undergraduate school in the southeast, and the fraternity houses had uh, metal files. <gasps> and every semester, all the fraternity brothers would copy their exams, and those <gasps> would be available for future semesters when fraternity brothers would be taking a class, particular class or a particular professor. What? So you had access to uh, that professor's questions. Uh, and then if that attorney brother did particularly well on that exam, you had uh, had the correct answer. This the professor chose not to change the question. Wow. So that, happened, that happened with regularity at the school. And that was back in the day before you could upload all of this stuff to Dropbox or to WhatsApp or to whatever these sites are. I think it was yeah. called Chegg or something. Where you could upload exams, Bo's Correct. like, "Yeah, I remember this." I just, I just, this would have been in the, the late nineteen seventies and early eighties. 
Wow. I, I'm just over here sighing, and Beth's saying why I did. <laughs> now, Cecil, thank you for the call. Now, uh, it's interesting as we talk about this because you think about cheating in high school. Mm -hmm. Cheating in high school uh, can mean that someone uh, takes, uh, takes a certain route to getting a grade that, you know, contributes to their grade point average that gets them into a school right that's what i was saying like i made I, I figured out the system better yeah. than i figured out all of the information like i would cram for an exam but then i didn't necessarily remember but everything so many people are talking about well you're learning life skills and what about things that you have to uh, be able to figure out when you get to be an adult there's a difference in in because I, I do I do believe there's a degree of karma here. I mean, oh, why, yeah. why is it that you and me didn't report every cheater that we ever knew? Because you can't. There are too many of them. And in the end, you believe it'll catch up with you. I know people who cheated when I was in high school and even earlier than that. And you know what? Years later, they didn't quite uh, turn out the way I think they thought they would. They didn't, quote, unquote, make the grade. So, yeah, right. So it will catch up with you. But by the same token, what about the people that are cheating their way through high school and even in college to get in grad school, and they get in a grad school or a college that somebody who didn't cheat does not? Well, so here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and, and tie it to something in current events right now. We're talking about the Alec Murdoch trial. Mm -hmm. um, his son was kicked out of school. Uh, his older son was allegedly kicked out of school for plagiarism. You know, like the people who, who, who think they can cheat their way through lives, like you were just saying, karma comes back at some point. And the universe kind of takes care of making sure that that... Because you can't, you, 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 eventually it's going to catch up to you. You're right. Eventually, though, karma will catch up. But what if you and that person are right there at that moment? Uh, you got two people who are lined up, and the college has got to choose which one they want. And the person who cheated has a percentage point higher grade point average, and they get in and you don't. Hmm. That's where, so you, you can sort of, uh, you can rationalize this by saying what's going to happen ultimately, but in the moment, that's it where it, that's where it's unfair, and that's where it's a big deal. Right. Well, what you hope is that there is a divine plan and that you didn't get into that school because you were supposed to go to the other school you applied to because you were supposed to meet that best friend and the husband you were about to marry. It's that old, uh, well, <laughs> one door closed, so another one opened. So the, yeah. But that door opened because you cheated. Yeah. See? But maybe the cheating led to a positive for you. Ultimately. I'm looking for the silver lining here, Ultimately. Beau. That's my whole point, is if you're saying ultimately yes, then in the end it all comes out in the wash. Yeah. But the whole the point is we don't like cheaters. Right. Now you said something during the break that really made me think. WBT. As the great V-Man once said, the lines are loaded, John Moore. Yeah. 704-570-1110. Talking about cheating in the information age, 2023. You know, I have kids. Uh, we were both students, obviously, Beth. We've talked to teachers. We've talked to principals. We talked to a student walking into high school this walking, morning. Walking into school. So uh, everybody, everybody is welcome here at the big, giant audio water cooler that is Good morning, BT. In fact, uh, let's tap into it right now. Mark, you're on WBT. Hi. Hey, I want to sort of take your opinion on a different direction, but, uh, you know, athletes with uh, performance enhancing 
uh, you know, it's become so competitive that students and parents are reaching out to have their kids on things like Vyvanse, Adderall, those things so that they can keep up uh, to perform better, focus better. I uh, just wanted to sort of get your take on on that direction of the, the cheating. So it's kind of like steroids for the brain, right? Because it's so competitive now that people are saying, hey, I, I can't do this on my own. I need a little enhanced version of me. Yeah, and it's... I mean, I know this topic strictly education, but it does flow over into the workplace as well. You'd be probably be surprised at the amount of people in the workforce who are uh, on performing enhancing, uh, you know, uh, Vyvanse and those type of things there to to get an edge on the person next to them. So I don't think it wow. it, it starts in school, but I don't think it start, starts in school. I and mean, that's a form of cheating, if you ask me. Not everyone has access to Right, right. I've never heard things. of Vyvanse. Is it like Adderall? Yeah, it just meant to help you focus, and I mean, I, I, transparency. I, I used to make double of what my wife makes. She, she's on it, and she, now she makes uh, well more than I do. So she, wow, uh, it works. I can tell a difference in her whenever she's on it, when she's not. Now I remember, I remember even back when I was in school, I remember people who who took Adderall who needed it, you know, who who yeah. took it for whether it be like ADHD or something like that, and I remember people. Asking those people for an Adderall to study for finals or to – I remember people doing that. And that's funny because I didn't think about that as yeah, a form of old days cheating. it used to be caffeine pills and things like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Do you remember yeah. that episode of Saved by the Bell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. She was addicted to caffeine pills. But it's a real thing. And, it definitely gives you an edge. And, you know, to me, that's a form of cheating. And somewhere, somewhere there's a movie producer this past weekend who made $20 million because he made a movie called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> it's actually Elizabeth Banks. It's a woman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sad to admit that I went to see that. Was it good? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> but you paid the money. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Mark, thanks for calling me. You know, that's a great question. There are so. Here's here's the thing, Bo. This is going to be a lot of verbal vomit coming from from the Beth brain. Um, I have this like I love to read. That was a promo for the show, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> I love 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 to read, and one of my biggest fears is that I'm not going to live long enough to read all the books. And I know that I'll never read all of the books. Like if you go into a library, there's no way. But I'm, how are you and me even friends? <laughs> I'm 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 stressed out about not getting to read all the books, and I have I haven't completed a book since uh, my last year of college. Oh, see, I I, I want to complete as many as possible, and I've wondered. I don't take any drugs or medications or anything like that, but I've wondered sometimes if if I if my brain were given Adderall, like how many books could I finish in a day? <laughs> could I finish like seven books in a day? Is that what that does? Is it what it does? Does anybody know? I don't know, obviously. But I will tell you this. I'm, I'm kidding. I've, I've read books, but it, I just take <laughs> this is the difference between you and me. You want to read as many full, whole full books. Look, my wife reads like three books so a weekend. So like mm. she's like you are. And I know many people like to devour books. My problem is, and here we go, technology is my enemy here, or maybe it's not. Uh, but my Kindle on my phone, on my phone and my, my uh, tablet. My Kindle has like 200 books, all of which I've read one chapter of. They're all open <laughs> at the same time. It's because I have a short attention span. So maybe you need Adderall. Like, that's the thing. Maybe if you had Adderall, you'd be able to finish all the books in one weekend. Or maybe I just need a radio show. When I get bored, I can move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> this job is perfect for you, Bo Thompson. Hey, Steve, welcome to WBT. What's going on, Steve? Hey, good morning to you. Hey. 
um, uh, that Adderall does do so. It will help you focus. I, um, my one of my children had to have some, and you know when they when they were taking it, I said, "Well, I want to see what this is," and it makes you smarter for a little while, anyway. So you um, took it, you tried it? Oh, sure, I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm from the, I, I was uh, my high school uh, was back in the '60s. We tried everything. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 Steve! Well, we're I mean, in the flower power but era. But, you, but you're missing yeah. the point here. Uh, he took it, and look at the caliber of radio shows he calls. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Steve, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Let's get one more here. Eddie, you're on WBT. You're a high school basketball coach. Basketball coach would keep close range on us academically and oh. so he would instruct every one of our teachers that if we did anything inappropriate academically they reported to him immediately well a guy named ray did just that on my team but the coach instead of making him run wind sprints for the next practice sat him on the sidelines and for 30 minutes ray had to watch the rest of us run wind sprints well that changed ray's academic trajectory forever he was the best student from that point on enjoy your show thank you and that reinforces that there are some life lessons like back to the oral test that i spoke of yes yes there are ways to use old school tactics to combat the uh, technological advances in cheating there are ways but you have to think Mm -hmm. really hard about it Mm -hmm. and we're sort of doing that together right we're thinking out loud today yes uh, because we don't usually stay with topics this long but people want to talk about it the lines are jammed and I'm fascinated by the different versions of cheating I had never considered never considered something like Adderall and by the way we're not promoting taking (laughs) Adderall to cheat Um, I had never considered that as a form of cheating it never occurred to me and I promise I'm gonna get to this thing you were talking about that's made me think Uh, But I haven't had time yet because these pesky phone calls. We love them. (laughs) David Chadwick coming up at the top of the hour. And then right around 935, we'll check in with our legal expert, Bill Graham. No shortage of material today with the possible conclusion of the Alec Murdoch trial uh, just days away here. Uh, the, The jury could very well get the case this afternoon. Closing arguments are happening for the defense Uh, right around 9.30 this morning. So much to talk about with Bill Graham. We'll do that next hour. In the meantime, we're still talking about cheating in school in 2023. Uh, This all stems from an article that we were talking about last hour that says uh, that basically uh, the genie can't go back in the bottle. Uh, Technology has made it so easy to cheat and the pandemic even complicated it more with uh, with kids having to do remote schooling. And while that was good that teaching could happen, it also opened the floodgates and the avenues for ways that uh, kids could cheat. I can't I mean, I can't imagine because I, ha- I have kids being raised in the social media age, but being a student in the social media age and the age of technology. I know when I was in school, uh, I know I know that people cheated. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I went to a school that had a had an honor code. They still do. Davidson has the honor code. It's not the only school. A lot of schools do. So that takes care of most of it. But they also have an honor council. And the reason you have an honor council is because there are still people 
that will do things uh, and break that code. Mm-hmm. And so any school that says that we have an honor code, that's not code for there's no cheating here. It's code for there's a system that's in place that holds people to a moral standard, but there's still going to be people that break that. And oftentimes there's a line in the sand, and when you reach that line, you push that line a little farther, and then you push it farther, and then suddenly it's an easy thing for your conscience to... Uh, not do the right thing, unfortunately. You just said something uh, off the air uh, about, and I'm thinking, is this cheating or not? Because you said uh, there were times where I didn't read the whole book. Yeah. I, especially in college when I took literature classes, I, uh, I don't read quickly. And I found out when I was in college that I'm dyslexic. I'm a high-functioning dyslexic, and so I don't read as quickly as a lot of people do. And so by the time it was time for the test or time for me to write the paper, I hadn't had enough time to read the whole book. And so was that cheating that I'm writing that paper or taking that test and I only read, you know, three quarters of a book? I didn't I, – It ultimately, here's what I believe – is that I cheated myself because I'm missing out on I, I I've gone back and reread all of the books that were on my reading list from high school and college. Yes, I'm that much of a dork. Um, so, but I to make up for the fact that I had cheated myself by I not think, reading fast. I don't think it's cheating in that case. I think it's a gamble you're taking. You're taking a gamble. It's like when you uh, Cliff Notes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Cliff Notes is not cheating. Is it not? Well, you're not being measured on whether you read the whole book. You're being measured on what you can recall from the like book. Like reading comprehension? I right. still feel like Cliff Notes is cheating. I, I bought the Cliff Notes for books. I sometimes yeah. did it because I didn't necessarily understand yeah. the book. But you're taking. Like Crime and Punishment? But, what was I reading? But that's a gamble you're taking. You're gambling that you hit the right notes. To, to, to ace the test or do well on the test. Yeah. That's different than getting a copy of the test. Yeah. I still still feel, but that's, that's see, I, my line in the sand is, is I don't want to cheat myself. Mine's about my own ethical center, my own, and I felt like if I, I wasn't finishing those books, I was cheating myself well, in some way. Well, I, I just got a, an email from a, or a text from a listener said, what would happen if an airline pilot cheated? What would happen if the surgeon doing your operation cheated? What would happen if the first responder cheated? There are real-life consequences to cheating. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, think about Alec Murdoch. Again, I'm going to bring it back to a current event. He you know, went through life, and that line kept moving for him, where he was cheating at different aspects of his life, including the, which he admitted on the stand, stealing money, cheating people out of money. And that I think his behavior that he learned transferred into his public life. This is where I, I worry about that argument that you brought up earlier about, uh, and, I, and I did too, the karma thing. Yeah. Eventually it's going to get back to them. Well, what if the... <laughs> that, that's, that's basically uh, rationalizing it by saying they're going to get theirs down the line. But what about when you get yours because of what they didn't do and yeah. you're on the operating table? Yeah. That's yeah. what I worry about. Yeah. Doug, Doug, you're on WBT. What's up, Doug? Hey, good morning, and thanks for taking my call. Of course. Yeah, so I, I think it, it's not just that we have an issue with cheating. I think the education system needs to take a different approach and, and take the emphasis away from scoring people based on a right answer mm-hmm. because the, it, it's too easy, regardless of which subject it is, whether it's a liberal arts subject or whether it's a math or a science subject, it's too easy to go out and find the answer. Mm-hmm. But but instead, let's let's start grading based on demonstrating that you you can do whatever it is that, that truly needs to be measured.
measures and and make it about that measure measure the the thinking measure the mechanics of the math measure the mechanics of the science um you know one of the one of the best professors that i ever had um he he would he would give you an exam with maybe two or three questions on it in a physics class and and you'd have two hours to do two or three questions um which seems like a lot but it really wasn't and then at the end he would always tell you look it doesn't matter if you got the the number answer right as long as you're within a factor of 10 i'm i'm looking to see you know did you go about this in the right way did you apply the right the right thinking did you did you apply the right formulas were you considering the right the right aspects of it. So See, it, Doug, I think you're the, onto the, something. The education system has just got to get away from thinking that everything is about an answer. Showing your work. It's mm-hmm. like it's the diagramming of the sentence. It's showing the long division. There was I took a college class kind of like what you're saying, but it was a political science class, and we had to show decision trees on how we came to the ultimate conclusion of, of, of our answer. So we've come back to this a couple of times over the last hour or so, and in this case, with what you're talking about, showing your work, there are old school ways to combat new school cheating. Yeah. And, and one of them is showing your work. That's yeah. like the dreaded phrase from math class that I hated. Okay. Uh, not only do you have to answer the question, you have to show, show your work. Show your work. Carry the one. And I still do it on receipts when I'm tipping. <laughs> because, of course, you do. <laughs> but I said last hour... Uh, the hardest professor that I ever had in all my years of college was my freshman year, and it's because at the end of his wildly hard wor- world history class, uh, the, the the I think it was 50% of your grade was based on a 15-minute oral I test. I love it. I love it. 15 minutes. And I remember thinking, wow, you're going to make 15 minutes count for that much of the grade. But now it actually seems brilliant in, mm-hmm. you know, with the parameters and constraints of, of 2023's technology because you can't beat that. Right. You can't. You can't beat knowledge coming from your brain right out of your mouth. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. David Chadwick coming up. Bill Graham second half of the next hour talking about the Murdoch case we're talking about cheating in 2023 in in school or in life all the different ways that you can cheat people have brought up so many different things I hadn't even thought about when it comes to cheating we had a caller call uh, last segment or two segments ago actually saying that he watched a documentary on Netflix that cheating is now become such a ubiquitous thing that 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 kids are taking performance enhancing drugs to cheat Greg, you're on Newstalk 1110 <laughs> WBT. Greg's been holding for a while. Hey, Greg. Hey, hey good morning, Bo and Beth. This is Greg at Oakhurst Pharmacy over near Cotswold. How hey, you doing? what's going so on? So you're the perfect person to talk to about these performance-enhancing drugs people are using. I hadn't even thought about this as cheating. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about that. I was listening to the, you know, the earlier part of the, your show. You know, is cheating, is taking meds, is that cheating? And, I, you know, it, it's a great topic. So, you know, ADHD meds, as you know, several calls have talked about, 
you know, they came out a long time ago. And there is, there's Adderall, there's Concerta, there's Vyvanse, there's Jornet, there's Zenith. There's a bunch of them. And quite honestly, my business here has somehow, I'm not sure how, has segued to, uh, you know, to an ADHD uh, huge portion of my business. Probably 25% of my business is that. And I'm not sure if that's, I probably have ADHD. I never was diagnosed as a kid, but, you know, I was struggle with focusing, struggle with listening skills. Every evaluation I've had through my entire career was like, you know, you're not listening very good, which I always told, you know, my supervisor, I was listening fine. I just way ahead of you. I'm just the next topic, three or four topics down the road. Right. You're boring so, me. Yeah, exactly. You're, <laughs> I'm, way, I'm sorry, but I already knew what you're going to say, which is probably very rude. But, you know, that, that's how ADHD manifests itself to some extent. So, you know, it started off meds for kids mostly to help in school. But I will tell you, and this is factual based on my business which again is you know a large portion is ADHD. It's uh, it's not kids. It's it's more adults than ever. And I think COVID sparked that to some extent because people stayed home. They started working from home. You know, is that less stimulating than being in an office somewhere? Probably. You don't have all the people around you. They focus is more difficult. So well over half the people that get these meds are adults. And so are they cheating by taking the meds? I mean, they're, they're all stimulants. They're all stimulants to help you. You know, to enhance your thinking, to uh, but is that is bringing a person that struggles with focusing and thinking and listening, is that cheating? Bring them up to a standard, or if they truly have ADHD, which is an interesting, probably uh, issue to even for a doctor to even you know to formulate. Yeah, is it true ADHD, or is it just you know someone that's lazy or doesn't want to work, it's or somebody really who's just bored? Thought. Exactly bored. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if it's cheating. I think that if you're truly being diagnosed with ADHD and you're a child or even an adult, it doesn't really matter, and you can't focus, that's great. But I'm fairly certain there's people take it, like you said, someone said earlier, you know, help you at work, get you ahead of people, uh, you know, stay up all night and study so you don't have to worry about, you know, the next the next day you take that test, you're crammed, and you do great. So, and does it do that if, if for those for the, the, the quote-unquote people who are taking it to, to quote-unquote cheat? I mean, it, it allows them to study longer, allows them to focus better, allows them probably to absorb more mm-hmm. of okay. the information. Um, yeah, the, the focus. They truly are ADHD. The focus word is key there. Look, ADHD meds are nothing new. ADHD yeah, yeah, meds. Yeah. Uh, I had friends when I was in grade school that, that were, were taking them. Um, and it's a fine line, and this is probably a whole other topic, yes. about uh, ADHD medication. Why do you take it? You know, Some kids take it to focus. Some kids take it, or it can be argued that some take it that maybe don't need it, uh, that in, in, instead of, of discipline in some cases, mm-hmm. uh, ADHD meds are being applied. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not talking about what should be pres- prescribed uh, versus what should not be. I'm saying... These are conversations that I hear. Well, and how um, great that we have a pharmacist who called us to talk to us about the specifics of some of these drugs. I mean, we're so lucky, well, Greg. And Greg, you, you uh, hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, we, we think uh, kids so often when you talk about ADHD meds, but uh, sometimes it's the parents. And, and more often than not these days, as you see, uh, more adults than kids. It is definitely more adults than kids, at least in my particular location here. And I, again, I'm not, a, like you said, I'm not a, I don't diagnose, I'm not the physician. I feel the prescription, but at the same token, you know, I talk to hundreds of people a week to get these meds. And, um, you know, some people are clearly using it to help with work, and other people are using it to enhance. And I think that so probably they can be used to cheat or they can be used to get someone to the standard they need to be in the first place. And, again, I'm not saying – I'm saying most kids who are on those meds – I need them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some kids need more than others. And some need it just to function. But 
I also hear the conversation a lot about uh, are there some on the fringe that don't need that as much as they need proper discipline? Right. Or, or like I was saying, that I remember people in college who would go to the people who had been prescribed it, who needed it for something mm-hmm. like ADHD, mm-hmm. and they would take one just to get through finals or something. Right. Uh, layers. It's so weird. We've gotten such great calls because we weren't expecting c- to go down this route. Uh, and next, David Chadwick's going to solve all these problems for us because he always does. In the interest of time, because uh, there's just so much to talk about, I'm going to forego the usual open today and uh, say that we have Bill Graham with us now, brought to us by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, we uh, Every time we talk to you now, so much has happened in this trial since the last time that we talked. But uh, you were with us, uh, kind enough to join us for an entire hour last Friday. And I'm still getting people telling me how much they enjoyed that and uh, hearing the kind of extended uh, you know, analysis from you and taking phone calls. But that was almost a week ago. And now here we are. Uh, they've been to the to the site of the of the crime. They we've heard the uh, the closing arguments from the prosecution. And we had another day on Friday after you were here of testimony from Alec Murdoch. So I don't even know where to start. But uh, what are you thinking uh, at this stage of the game here? Uh, the state has put on a, a ton of evidence, as everyone has seen. And uh, yesterday, uh, Mr. Waters put on the closing, and I think um, he—I mean, he had a lot to close with. Uh, but he honed in on repeatedly uh, that you can't trust this guy. Anything he says, anything he said while he was on the stand, can't be trusted. He makes up stuff on the fly. Um, that was buttressed by people who have known him for a long, long time. Um, and, and, you know, when I'm watching parts of the testimony, I, I just saw bits and pieces of it just recounting what had gone on, uh, what a painful experience, not only losing, you know, Maggie's sister and um, other family members having to, to go through this trial and recount all of the things that sort of led up to it and, and what folks didn't know that led up to it. So. I think the state has put on a lot of evidence that we'll, we'll see the defense closing. And uh, then at that point, after the defense closes, the judge will instruct the jury on what the law is in South Carolina. And then they'll retire and uh, begin their deliberations uh, uh, more likely than not today. But if not, then uh, on Monday. After listening to that closing argument from the prosecution yesterday, did you have a feeling? I mean, that that last moment when he looked at the jury and he said, don't let him fool you, too. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was kind of his last That's line the to yeah. the jury. Do you did you have a gut feeling like mm, he may have just swayed all 12 of those 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 ladies and gents? Um, no, I think. I think they're, they're you know, they're going to hear the defense argument uh, and the closing. Uh, you know, you, you, whenever you're in trial and you, there's a pendulum that goes back and forth. Each side has its say, and once one side has its say, you said, "Oh, you know, I think there's a, a conviction here." And then you hear the defense close, and you say, "Well, I don't know. There could be a reasonable doubt here." So you have to wait for everything to conclude. That's why it's set up this way. And uh, then the judge is going to instruct them on the law, uh, and then we'll go from there. What did you make of the fact that they went to the property 
earlier this week. Uh, the judge allowed it. Uh, they went there yesterday. There was pool video and, and audio uh, of that. And uh, at least one of the jurors was said to be looking at the, the size of the doorway. And uh, so when they announced that that was going to happen, A, were you surprised that that was granted? And, and B, um, your general reaction to it happening? Uh, not surprised that it happened. What I wish they would have done is done that first. Uh, that I think that would have been most helpful for the jury. Don't wait to the end. Do it in the beginning because when you're talking about the where the dogs are and where the house is and where this building or that place is and how many steps he you know somebody took, it would have been good for the the jury to have that visual already in their mind so that they don't. Uh, you know, go there at the end and say, oh, that's what that witness was talking about. That That's harder to do at the end. It's easier to do it at the beginning. I, that's what I would have done if I were had been the judge. Now, this week during the trial, they brought um, the the defense brought up witnesses that suggested that this was a, a, a two person job that um, a forensic uh, scientist who who talked about the, the gun range itself and then the prosecution then came back up and they brought back brought back to the stand witnesses to debunk the two-person theory, to debunk whether or not that gun, it, the shotgun with Paul, was in close range. Were they effective? Was the prosecution effective in their arguments or in bringing those witnesses back to the stand? No, I think that's exactly what you have to do. If the defense raises a, a theory for the jury to consider, now, mind you, the defense doesn't have to prove anything. All the defense has to do is say that the state didn't prove their case. That's all the defense has to do. Uh, so the defense can offer up theories, but in rebuttal, the state's obligated that if that, you know, whatever expert they, the defense brings up, state says, well, let me let you hear again from our expert and tell you why that theory doesn't hold water. And that's exactly what Mr. Waters did. And that was exactly what he should have done. And I think that's, um, you know, you take a risk when you put your defense witnesses up, but that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to hear the state witnesses not once, but you'll hear them twice because they always call them in rebuttal. Mm. So state did exactly what they should have done there. A few questions on timing of things. Is there a time limit on how long the closing arguments can go? Like, in other words, uh, we saw it took an <laughs> afternoon yesterday. How long should we assume that the uh, closing arguments for the defense will be the same? Or is there a limit on how long they can go? It's up to the judge. Um, in a civil trial, uh, judges will say, okay, uh, Mr. Attorney or Mrs. Attorney, you've got uh, 90 minutes for closing or one hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is. We're not going to stay here all day. This is, a, obviously, it's a murder trial. Obviously, a man's, um, uh, the rest of his life is at stake here. There's a bunch of due process due in a murder trial, a bunch. And obviously you get more due process than you would in a civil trial because there's just money at stake or property or whatever. So this uh, this closing statement could go all day um, and probably will. That's why I say it could be Monday before we even get a jury charge. But um, it, there's no time limit unless the judge sets a time limit. And I suspect that the judge wouldn't do that here um, given the fact that the state had as much time. He'll allow the same amount of time for the defense just to be 
uh, equitable. Okay, so another timing question, or part two, I guess. So uh, if the jury gets the case today or whenever they get it, they start mm-hmm. deliberating, and uh, if they come up, if they co- come to a verdict and it's 9 o'clock tonight, um, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the judge will be informed of this and then the announcement of this will happen tomorrow morning, or when will it happen? How do they, because, you know, this trial is very high profile. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like... The O.J. Simpson trial, where where you were wondering what the reaction was going to be in the streets, uh, I think if you asked most people, they probably think they know how this is going to go. But I'm um, all right. Hang on a second. We've got some breaking news. Yeah, here. I was going to tell you, Bo, they have kicked a juror off the panel for some outside contact outside the jury room. <gasps> we're listening in now to see exactly what that may have been. But the judge has decided to dismiss that juror. OK, so we have some audio of this. Uh, or we're doing a, okay. Not a, not quite okay. yet. Okay, so Bill, I've got you on the line here. What's your reaction to that development? Well, depending on what it was, if I was the defense, I would move for a mistrial. Wow. So this could uh, this, this this could, could throw be... everything wonky. Yeah, um, but you don't you don't know what the contact was or what the context of it was, um, given the gravity of the situation. Um, the judge is probably going to want to not have the jury um, in the courtroom if he wants to hear from counsel. If if uh, Mr. Harpulian or his um, um, his side wants to be heard, he'll have to allow for some time on that. So this this really gets the defense um, in in a, in a situation where you know you you're you're the lawyer you've practiced this closing and now this thing comes in there now it it's like uh, you're trying to fit it's one second left and you're trying to to win the game and you're trying to put it through the uprights um, at Bank of America Stadium and they call two timeouts on you it, it it's intended to get you off your game you know stuff like this mm-hmm. and so he might file a, a motion for a mistrial so he could do that. I mean, yesterday I'm listening to the coverage of them going to the murder site, and you hear them say the jurors and one alternate. Well, mm-hmm. so there's a reason why there's an alternate juror. If, mm-hmm. if it's not a mistrial, then that's precisely the reason why you have an alternate juror, correct? That's correct. So this could go a number of ways, but I think I hear you saying if you had to, if you had to guess based on what you know at this moment right now, a mistrial is a very highly probable uh, outcome to this? Well, it's it, it's a probability. I wouldn't say it's it's likely. Okay. I think the judge is going to say um, it's an option. Know, make your it's an option. Make your motion. Let's have a hearing, and he has to get that on the record because that's they're making a record for appeal here. You have to uh, keep that in mind because it's going to go to the, the appellate court. So the record's going to have to be established. He's going to want to if a motion for mistrial is made, he's going to want to hear from both sides. Um, and that could take a while. So, uh, so, uh, and I know I'm late to mark uh, the last question here. I, I started this this line of questioning. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started this by asking you about timelines on various things, and now the last question here is: If this all, what's the potential delay in what we thought this trial was going to yes. be versus where we are now? Uh, just about uh, two minutes later in the conversation. I'd, I'd probably go um, three or four hours, half a day, wow. um, and you know I got to keep in mind today's Thursday. If 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 for whatever reason he makes the motion for mistrial, it's denied. He goes to closing. He finishes today. The g- jury gets it today, early tomorrow. They deliberate. Remember, 
uh, on all of our previous trials, all the trials, most of them ended on Friday afternoon late or Friday night. Well, usually we're asking you about what happened yesterday. What do you make of it, Bill? But uh, things have changed since we started this conversation. It's so, so crazy. You couldn't mm. write this stuff if you mm. were doing a screenplay. So I'll end by saying I have your number. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. I will talk to you soon. I'm <laughs> on right. standby. All right. Thank you, Bill. That's Bill Graham, the law offices of Wallace and Graham. He joins us every Thursday here. This is continuing coverage on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Breaking news. And that breaking news coming from Walterboro, South Carolina. We were just talking to our legal analyst, Bill Graham, and I was asking him about uh, what he Timing. thought the timeline was going to be for today. And during that discussion, the timeline changed. I mean, it changed significantly. This is this is a remarkable um, uh, uh, thing to happen in the the course of this trial, especially right as right as the defense was headed to do their closing arguments. So Judge Newman has confirmed that a juror has been removed after the juror had conversations with two people about the case. There apparently was a hearing about this last night. Uh, the juror will be replaced as we understand it. Uh, I want to go to the comments that were made by the judge just moments ago in the courtroom. And we'll bring the juror out to uh, inform her that she'll no longer, her services will no longer be needed. Uh, we will then replace her with an alternate juror. Any additional comments by the state or the defense? Mr. Your Honor, we uh, do not accept from your ruling. Um, yes, I've sat through everything you sat through and it's muddled, um, but we would defer to your judgment. However, I think it's important for me to note for the record that the interviews of these two people were done by sled agents, one of whom was named as a witness in this case, and the other uh, who is, was listed in the notes as being one of the investigating officers. Just to note that, again, sled has made some bad, another bad judgment in this case. I'm not accepting from your ruling. Yes. I'm just pointing out that this is just a continuum of a calamity of errors. Thank you. And the, the court has not um, had any discussion with any sled agents concerning this issue. Um, and uh, all the inquiry by the court has been uh, directly with the suspected parties involved and with the juror. Uh, and this is a matter that uh, this long trial with um, the intense publicity is certainly, uh, it would be certainly difficult for any individual to not have some exposure outside of the courtroom to information concerning the case and to also um, uh, be tempted to engage in discussions uh, with others. But it is improper, it is contrary to uh, my instructions to the jury um, daily, multiple times per day. And um, this juror unfortunately violated that uh, order. All right, so that was just wow. moments ago, Judge Newman confirming that a juror has been removed 
uh, and replaced with or will be replaced with an alternate juror. It certainly will affect the timeline of things today. Uh, and as we're going off the air here, uh, no doubt you'll get more information as the trial uh, resumes there in Walterboro. But, and uh, the defense, by the way, did not move for a mistrial. And so there you go. Uh, and you just heard uh, Harputley in there uh, reacting to uh, what was going on from the judge. And uh, I don't know what's coming, Beth, but I know that we've carried it this far. Vince Coakley is coming up next. Bill Graham is on standby, as you heard. Be with us tomorrow, uh, no matter what today entails. And um, bottom line is stay with WBT throughout the day, and we'll keep you informed on what's going on with this uh, unpredictable case, to That's say the right. least. Unpredictable. I mean, uh, I- I'm speechless, actually, at this point. Mark Garrison will be with you momentarily. I'm Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, everybody in the studio here. Y'all have a great day.